Good afternoon. It's like kill you with truth. The afternoon version and Chad and Nate are both traveling. So you got your pal DMAC here with some leftover wings from last night. We had an amazing time uh, at Chad Brown's basement doing our live stream with our pal Vic Lombardi and Peter Schaefer dropped by and the reaction has been overwhelming and we even have leftover. You know, they look better in person than... Um, Let's get to you uh, this afternoon's edition, Kill You With Truth. And I talked to a bunch of birdies. Listen, there's, there's concern right now about how the Broncos are being perceived by the fan base. So that's a question for you. What are you thinking about this team? How do you feel about them? I think, in my opinion, and I talked to some insiders about it, that the fan base is going to be fine with a complete rebuild. And and I don't think that was the case up until now. I think there was always a reason to believe they could win year after year after year. But as I'm talking to some of my birdies, tweet, tweet, the conversation is, is, is this seriously the worst Broncos team you've seen? So I could go back to a couple of years. One, um, Tebow's rookie year which was 2010, that team was terrible, 4-12, and 12. and VJ's second year, that was another terrible Broncos team. Now, let me tell you, um, in both those cases, it probably felt better than it does right now. First of all, Tebow's rookie year ended with a win. When uh, nobody else is going to take the ball but me, and he runs in for a touchdown, they win a game with Eric Studisville as a coach, and you know, okay, you at least thought, well, let's see what Tim Tebow has the next year. There was hope. VJ's second year, when they got rid of VJ, they banged him. The thought was it was just VJ, like he's that bad, you know? And so, again, there was kind of hope. It wasn't really the players, it was the coach. Here, you have a bad team that's not very interesting and kind of irrelevant, not kind of irrelevant, they're irrelevant on the NFL landscape. But there's not hope. There's not, you, you think you do have the right coach and you're invested in him. You think you know what you need to know about Russell Wilson right now, which isn't great. And there's no other young, exciting players that you think, well, wait till this guy does X, Y, and Z. I think people are going to be ready to move on from Russell Wilson. I think they're going to believe in Sean Payton. I think they're going to wait for Sean Payton to make moves with his coaching staff. And I think George Payton is going to get a lot of the blame. I mean, George Payton has brought in some very good players too. But at the end of the day, I think it's inevitable that Sean Payton is going to be viewed as the man we trust and just let him completely take over and let's see what we can do. And, and that's likely moving on without Russell Wilson. My uh, guy, Kevin Kistner, Chicken Fingers, pointed out a great video on social media. With about six minutes or so to go, the Broncos are down 16 nothing. Russell Wilson gets hit out of bounds or going out of bounds. It, it wasn't a flag. But what was more interesting about that play is, I mean, the, the, the player from the Chiefs hit him hard enough out of bounds where somebody should have stood, stood up for us. Somebody. And nobody did. Nobody went to help him up. 
Nobody. And Chris Manhurst was right there. And if anybody is going to sort of stick up for the quarterback, it's a guy that's brought on the team to hit people, and that's Chris Manhurst. Nobody. Nobody stood up for us. Nobody confronted the, the, the guy that banged him out of bounds. I mean, just nobody. And what's that? I mean, that is, I mean, that is BS. It seriously is. And they just don't believe in Russ anymore. They don't. They don't. I think Russ gives it his best effort. I think he's trying as hard as he can. But he had a terrible game. And what was more indicative of the pit of misery, dilly dilly, is that nobody on the team seems to care to stand up for him. I mean, when Deion Sanders says, if, if one fights, we all fight, and was screaming at guys, where is that for the Broncos and Russell Wilson with his own teammates? I think Greg Penner is the right owner for the Broncos. I, I think he's, and by all accounts, people love what he's doing behind the scenes, and he's still just trying to figure things out here. He knows, he knows that it's a tough situation. He knows there's more tough decisions to come. Um, and I think we've seen with the news of what he's doing with his family and how they want to do things in the future, that there's a, you know, there's a deep commitment from the Walton Penner group to, to the team. They're tied in with Sean Payton. There's not really a way to get out of that. Sean Payton admitted he made a mistake with timeouts before the end of the first half he lost count of the downs. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough mistake to admit. But I don't think Penner is going to make any big moves with coaches, at least until the trade deadline, and maybe well after that too. Just willy-nilly replacing coaches at this point, I don't know what that does for you. But that being said, I think Penner is going to recognize a couple of things. If you want to bench Russell Wilson to see what you got in Stidham or maybe even Danucci, uh, go for it. I mean, nobody's really going to care. It'd be an insult to Russell Wilson, but uh, life in the fast lane. I think, too, nobody is seriously going to care about anybody you trade. In fact, just the opposite. I think the fans are going to be more willing than ever to accept the fact that this is a rebuild so if you want to trade Justin Simmons, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, I mean, whoever, it's a talent-depleted team. Frank Clark, I mean, what time is it? I mean, he's going to be gone sooner than later, officially or not officially, he's gone. It's kind of like the Randy Gregory lingering situation. That's Frank Clark. He's going to be gone. Gregory is gone. Uh, Sertan's your only first-round pick out there. Nah, it's a, it's a lack of depth, a lack of talent, small and slow. Listen, the Broncos defense actually has hung tough in the past two games in the red zone. Two teams, the Jets and the Chiefs, are one for 10 against the Broncos in the red zone. I mean, that's good. That's really good. Now, they've allowed the ball to get into the red zone, but the Broncos have been kind of tough once they've got there. I mean... I mean, at least there's that. But Russell Wilson needed to have a good game. Great game yesterday. The defense gave him a shot. They only allowed 19 points. The Kansas City Chiefs were one for five in the red zone at home. You got to do better than that. You got to do better than that. So 
what my inside people are telling me, what my birdies are telling me is that Penner's completely aware of what has to happen. There's not going to be any big coaching changes right now. And they'll be as active as they can be with the players that make sense at the trade deadline. I guess the only question, and they're still into Russ right now. The only question is, at what point do you sit Russ on the bench? Does Russ come down with some sort of injury to explain why he's not playing? Um, you can always make something up, I guess. But we're here. We're here. Packers a week from Sunday, and then the Chiefs at home, and then a bye week. And, and likely massive changes after that time, unless a miracle happens. The best Sean Payton could do is three and five after eight games, which is exactly what Nathaniel Hackett was midway point last year. If you remember midway point last year, there was a lot of talk about moving on from Nathaniel Hackett even then. Let's move on to CU tonight. They play Stanford. Chilly game. Bundle up in Boulder. An 8 p.m. kick on ESPN. And this one lines up. This is a good game to see. Travis, Travis Hunter is expected to be back. He's expected to play both ways. And that's cool. That's exciting. I don't think he's going to be in on official pitch count. But I think they'll just be careful. The um, the Buffs are 12 and a half point favorites. Stanford is kind of inept in everything. Uh, they, they lead the Pac-12 in field goals. And they're last in touchdowns. This is not a good Stanford team. CU has Shadur Sanders, who's the leading passer in college football. They're a big favorite tonight. And, you know, I, I don't think this is some sort of desperation win game, but you'd like to see him get out of the gate quicker and just stomp the Cardinal probably as quickly as possible. We'll have a post-game reaction to the CU game right here on the... Uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards calling it just the Kill You With Truth Network. But I'll have a reaction after the game just to recap things and, you know, kind of a, a more casual live tweet, watch along sort of thing. Not not what we did last night, but we'll have reaction afterwards. I checked in on the Avalanche in uh, L.A. They've got a very interesting schedule. So they played in L.A. They had the day off. They practiced in L.A. with some really lousy ice. Nathan McKinnon was so upset at how crappy the ice was, he broke his stick on the boards. And that does happen in practice every now and then. You will I've seen it multiple times where players will just get frustrated like out of nowhere, it seems, and just start smashing their sticks around. Why? Because they got like seven or eight different sticks that they can go to at any time. Each player, if you don't know the insides of an NHL locker room, the players actually do work on their sticks themselves. Nobody does that for them. That's actually a big part of being an NHL player, like prepping your stick. But, boy, that sounded a little dirty. But they um, have several backups at any point. So, as a hockey dad, whenever a kid broke a stick, all the hockey dads would look at the other hockey dad and be like, oh, boy. Because we all know that was a buck fifty coming out of that guy's pocket. And uh, we, the hockey dads did not get free sticks. It always broke our hearts. Kind of in a weird, I'm glad that's not me sort of way when we saw a kid break a stick when he was 12. The Avs will now play in San Jose. And here's what's interesting too. They'll stay in San Jose, have another day off, then practice in San Jose before going to Seattle. Because I think the goal is 
to spend as less time as possible in Seattle. Do I have to explain that? I think you can pick up on that. Great news, though. The Az and Az, they have signed um, Devon Taves to a seven-year deal, 7.25 on average. The deal will kick in when he's 30 years of age. So there's some negotiation between the two sides about the length of the contract, how much money. Taves could have got a lot more on the open market if he let it get to that. So the, con the, con the um, concession is to start it a little bit later and go a little bit longer. But this lock locks up um, Taves for a good chunk of time with Kale McCarr as the top blue line, maybe in the NHL for the next five years, which is wild. I mean, that is fantastic. Taves is a great guy. And to think of your top defensive pairing locked down for that long, you're going to have to do a new deal with Miko Rantanen relatively soon. But the core of this Avs team is locked up. They, they, they always have to move other pieces around. But if you're an Avs fan, you should be psyched about hearing this deal. We will have post-game reaction after the Sharks game on Saturday. We'll also be out at the Nuggets game against the Bulls on Sunday. That's the only preseason game at home for the Nuggets the entire year before they lift a banner, show the Lakers their ring, who's your daddy, and have fun like that. So Broncos, pretty tricky. We'll, there'll be more changes coming soon, and we'll keep our eyes out on any breaking news with trades. Uh, CU should win easily tonight. They shouldn't struggle. They should whoop up on the Cardinal. And uh, we'll follow the avalanche as they take on San Jose and then spend as little time as possible in Seattle. So look forward to the CU game tonight. Thanks for following along. If you want to see myself and Vic Lombardi, Chad Brown, uh, Peter Peter um, Schaefer, if you want to see us reacting, it was interesting having Peter on because we talked about a lot of contract stuff with Randy Gregory and Frank Clark and where the Broncos are with Russell Wilson. That's all part of our podcast that dropped earlier today, but you can catch up on the entire thing if you're a glutton for punishment. It's three, three and a half hours long on this channel. Um, welcome you to do so. Kill you with truth. Welcome to the weekend.